Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcast Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolutionary planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the science of life and the science of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you'll be enabled to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to Deborah's Healing Kitchen with your host, author, speaker, and Miss Culinary Expert with Dr. Joel Pukum's EQ Medicine Professional Alliance, Miss Deborah Peak Ames. Hello, welcome to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. Today we have a guest we've had before, and I'm so glad that she agreed to come back and speak with us. Her name is Darcia Houston. And she is an organic farmer and consultant, and her company is called Promise Abilities. And she is a fabulous young woman, and I just really appreciate her. And we are actually working together on a couple of projects, so I'm just excited that she is coming on, and she's going to share with us information that's going to help you be healthier and inform you about the earth. Darcia, how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you all for having me. Well, I'm glad you agreed to come back. And I want to um, ask you if you could give us a brief summary about your recent trip to Detroit to study or or urban farming. I'm really interested in in hearing a few highlights. I think it would be good for our listeners to, to hear what's going on in some parts of the country as it relates to urban gardening. Oh, my goodness. My trip was phenomenal. It was extremely short. Um, The purpose of my trip was to see urban gardens and connect with the powerhouses in urban gardening, uh, see how they come together, and they are um, coming up with a a Black-owned grocery store. And, you know, they have this co-op, these ideas, and they seem to come to fruition in ways that I'm unfamiliar with. So I wanted mm-hmm. to plug in and see, and oh, I I was blown away by the participation of the neighborhoods, the neighbors, the cities, the community members, the organizations. Um, it was a a total different feel from Dallas. Yes, yes, probably a little bit more urban. You think? Definitely urban. I mean, yes, they were. They have the understanding in that particular space they know how important land is mm-hmm. and you can see everybody in collaboration surmise the amount of growing space that they have which changes the ecosystem and the energy of people too so when you invest in the ecosystem and you are gardening and you are farming I mean there's so much more calmness about uh, the environment they right. have really got it together and that is what we need now more calmness so uh, I just had another question that came to mind while you were speaking. So did you see that they were planting similar crops to what, we, what we've what we been working on, or did you see something a little different? I saw that they could do a, a wide range, a variety of things, 
they are doing some of the stuff that we can't do anymore because it's it's too hot, but they mm-hmm. still had the same crops. Um, but they were able to grow things like um, one of the first farms, and there is a, a, a little video, I think it's about 30 minutes, a little short story that I'm going to publish in the next few days. But I went to a farm, and they had a plethora of tomatoes. Like, I mean, almost 50 varieties, it felt like. Really? And one of them was an indigo rose. And it's it's green, and then it turns 100% dark purple, looks black. And then it starts to turn red at the bottom, and they were delicious. Um, Wow. I mean, the amaranth that grew there, the poke salad, these are things we can grow here, but we're in abundance. Um, I'm not sure that I want to always pull up or um, grow things that are not for our environment because I'm concerned about the nutritional values. And right. I believe that they have the ability to maximize on, you know, creative uh, things that are cold weather, but yet need some sort of heat. Right. And it was in a right, like their outdoor, uh, the river walk had succulents all planted, right. you know, and that was amazing. That's something we can't do. Right, right. And I know it's, that's just beautiful. I just love being uh, along the river and seeing the water and all the, you know, the greenery. Yeah, that's just that's relaxing by itself. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Darcia, I know I probably asked you this before, but how did you come to, you know, into this career of farming and, and just being so connected to the earth? I equate, equate that to um, being raised in a multi-family uh, household. Um, there was many different things going on, and we only had one TV, and the priority was that Grandma got to watch, you know, Murder, She Wrote and all those, you know, little shows. <laughs> right. So I didn't get, you know, I didn't get that TV time, and that was no problem because we were in a culture and an era. Um, I was raised in the Midwest, and, you know, outdoors was everything. I wanted to play in the mud. We wanted to play in the snow. We wanted right. to play in all in the leaves you know, and in the summertime in the water. So there was always things that we had to or could um, participate in outside. And it gave us this freedom. Like we, you know, we were kind of grown, you know, we didn't have nobody looking over us. I don't like micromanagement. So that was a, that was a great thing for me as a child was just to play outside. But my mom has sickle cell. And so my grandma was a chef and she worked for a Jewish community and they don't give their children or their elderly just anything. You know, they make sure that they have the best cuts of the meat and, you know, everything is natural and organic and they made butter and they made ice cream. Um, So I, my grandma would bring these things home and I would bust open the trash bags. And I say that my family gets mad, like, quit telling people we ate out of trash bags. But, you know, (laughs) it was a little recyclable bag. We weren't supposed to have the food, you know, so it got snuck out. And so Uh we partook in the food and it was the greatest thing. And I would rather have those items than buying groceries from the grocery store or boxes of cereal. So I think I just translated into um, I love outdoors. Now I'm a mother of three by the age of 22. I can't afford too much, but what I can't afford is sunshine and water and outdoors. (laughs) Right. So we partook in that. And um, my babies enjoyed it. Their immunity, I noticed, was extremely different from other children. And I just ran with it as soon as I could. Well, that's good. Well, then that gives me the segue into my next question, which I really think is the key to this conversation is please share with our listeners the benefits of connecting 
to the earth. You, you've already said a few things about that, but go into a little bit more detail with connecting with the earth and just the whole piece of gardening and how that has really benefited your health. Yes. So the first time I really noticed it, I had um, two pregnancies after my tubal ties. And so I, the last Oh, my, my goodness, wait a minute. You mean they didn't do it right? I don't know. They told me they don't know. You know, they say 99.999%. So they leave that 1%, you know, for people like me, I guess. And right. with this last uh, pregnancy with the tubal tie or after they had done the surgery, I had a, they had done a C-section to actually cut my tubes back again. And when they did that, that left this big, you know, keloid, like long uh, type scar and um, I always knew that I was going to, you know, take care of it. It was going to go down. But it wasn't until I was actually working Colquinn College's farm every day. I was the farmer, and I was working it. And within six to eight weeks of me being down on this farm, that keyloid had went flat. Really? Wow. Extremely flat. Within a year my hair started to grow back in the areas in which, you know, it was parted, it was separated, it had, you know, scarring. Wow. Um, so that was so evident to me. And um, just having balance, I know that a lot of people have anger issues, a lot of people, ha and rightfully so, whether it's your yeah. job, whether it's your, you know, your mate, or just not being able to cooperate or get cooperation, whatever that, that tick is, um, it's, beneficial to put your hands in the soil in the same ways that you would if you were going to, uh, you know, shampoo your hair. And the yeah. reason being is because we have the ability, our skin can ingest and we can ingest the nutrients that are needed. They transfer right into our bloodstream and we are ingesting vitamins and minerals that we're unable to get synthetically with a one a day or any type of vitamin or supplement that you take. And then we have to understand that when we take vitamins, that that goes directly to your stomach, but is that where it's supposed to start activating? Sometimes you have to chew, you know, yeah. your food, or you have to touch, you know, your food. There, there's different ways. Um, I just think of little raccoons, you know, and they're just like out there uh, touching everything, and they're just tasting as they're touching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. oh, I don't want this. They'll throw it away, you know, and they don't even have to put it in their mouth yet. But there's right. cultures out here that use the soil, not dirt, right. soil. They take a spoonful of soil as a prenatal vitamin for the pregnant. And when you look at that and you, you, you understand, oh, my gosh, like there's so much benefit to this. Why do kids really do – why do they eat clay? Why do they eat dirt? Right. What intuition is this? You know, right. and I, I really, really um, – once I learned that research, I was a holistic health and wellness um, master's major, and once I learned the science behind – balancing in the soil, connecting your feet, connecting your hands. Now all of these vibrations are moving through you and healing you. It is right. not science. I mean, it's not science. It's science. It's not, you know, fiction. It's not myth. Right. It's real deal stuff. You can heal yourself. Use the sun. Use the water. Use the soil. And you will grow. Right, right, right. Well, I think that is so insightful because – we have a disconnection to the earth, which I think is really, it's put us in a bad place. I mean, we have a disconnection to the importance of the environment and what we do that 
you know, impact the environment, and then we don't even get involved in the environment. So I think that is so insightful. Um, you know, you have had some wonderful vegetables and herbs that you planted at our church garden, and I'm so excited about it, and it's starting to catch on. But I really want to talk a little bit more about lemongrass because that's not something, now you have to, be honest, that's not something you typically see in African Americans' <laughs> garden. No. But I think it's great that you want to introduce new things because we always need to learn. And so tell us a little bit about the lemongrass that you have planted and what we can do with it. Definitely. I planted lemongrass for a few different reasons. For one, I wanted to add um, some sort of barrier. Um, you know, to wildlife, I thought that the area in which I planted it, I thought if something was to come in, this was the area that was the most weakest. So yeah. I wanted to make sure to have a barrier there. It has a wonderful lemony citrus smell. Um, and I also needed mulch regularly. We don't have local, you know, close mulch. And this is something that I can put right, to give right back to the earth. But mm -hmm. as far as actually using this this product, um, it is wonderful for marination. It's wonderful for teas. And those are the real two reasons that I um, ingested. I love, like, lemon zinger tea. And the reason it's right. so lemony and so fresh and so uh, citrusy is because of the lemongrass and not so much the lemons. Um, you can transfer to lemonade. You know, add that to your lemonade to give it another nutrient value. Um, but marination and a lot of the Asian dishes, that's right. where um, that really, really lives, which is why hopefully we'll be growing bok choy to, um, you know, oh, add I love in. that. Because these right. are our brothers and sisters, too. You know, Asian right, right. is not that far off um, from our, you know, our diet and right. what it is that they uh, value. So right. in my opinion, also, I have a lot of estheticians. Um, so, so many people could use it. It was that one crop that was very diverse, even though we don't always know exactly what to do with it. If nothing else, you can make the tea and put it in your bath water. Mm. So, do you know the benefits of putting it in the bath water? So, relaxation and calming. Uh -huh. um, because it's an aromic. So, I just look at it as aromatherapy. Right, And anything, right. you know, on the citrus side has the ability to help you to focus. Right. It has the ability to help you calm at the same time. And then lemon right. is something that you would ingest during these times of this time of the year. Right. Because it's so it's getting ready to get cold and it has an antiviral property. Yes. That is so important, especially now. And you know, lemon uh cleanses and like you said, it renews at the same time it's calming and I just you know, sometimes I just want to smell a lemon. It just kind of gives me an uplift. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. that's really important. So let me ask you this. How, how can you get people to uh, grow, you know, vegetables at home or herbs at home and, and pots? Because you don't really need a lot of land. You can use pots, correct? You can use pots, but the best thing is um, I've been on a lot of webinars with EarthX and Dallas College. We mm -hmm. have been talking and teaching people how to plant in buckets. Right. If no, if you cannot afford the $30 pot that looks the best, please, <laughs> I mean, get a bucket, drill some holes in the bottom. Uh-huh. The best thing, potatoes. It doesn't take too much. You can do potatoes, carrots, any of the root crops. Right now is the time. So let me ask you this. 
so I know it's really important for the roots to be firmly ingrained in uh, a nutrient-rich soil. Yes. So how can we make sure that our plants are getting what they need, even if we're just doing it in a bucket? If you're doing it in a bucket or a raised bed or on the land, your number one uh, thought is, what am I growing and what type of soil does this need? And it's mm -hmm. very, very similar to a baby. How old is it? You know, what kind of diapers? You know, you, 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 right. there's things you want to know about the crop beforehand, not only that you like it, but does this, you know, is this something, am I a person that, excuse me, I got something in my throat. <clears throat> sure, no am problem. Am I a person that works, um, you know, hot, uh, long hours? Am I, you know, or am I a person that's always at home? Because if you are always away from the home and you don't have anybody to water, then you might want to deal with succulents. <laughs> you might want to grow things that don't require the water attention right. that other things do. But if you are home all the time um, and you might work from home now, your lettuces um, and right now your collard greens, your mustard greens, your turnips, right. all of these different types of things can be grown. And most of these things can thrive in the most basic soil, but you have to kind of learn how to read when something is wrong. Are your leaves turning yellow? Or, is, or that, you know, does that mean too much water? It could mean too much water and or it's deficient in nitrate. I see. So and we, we can replace that, you, right? Yeah, you can definitely add it in how I did it naturally as a permaculturist. I'm wanting to use worm castings. I'm wanting to use um, fish water. You know, I used to do uh, aquaponics. Uh -huh. So having the, you know, having the nitrates in the water from the fish in their um, bowels, and then having a filter, filter those things out, the solid and that water going right to the plant, and then continuing this mutualistic symbiosis cycle of exchange. Um, that's why the stream is so successful, because they, the plants know that they can grab water when need be, but they don't have to be submerged. So you, it's really, really about knowing which plant. And once again, root crops are not going to require that much water either. So that's something mm -hmm. you can also be very successful in. Potatoes, carrots, mm -hmm. um, like we said, turnips, um, they're going to need some water. But when you think about it, you might be able to, you know, get them the water. You don't have, they don't depend on it. But if you're going to grow lettuce and, you know, any kind of leafy green, you have to water. You right. have to pay attention. And so, like, onions don't need as much water. Is, is that correct? Correct. And garlic. And onions and garlic will be going in the ground shortly. We will be putting garlic in the ground next month, October. However, we won't harvest it until June or July. So uh, now tell me this. Isn't it true that some plants will stop certain types of, you know, animal activity or bugs? Or You can plant plants next to something else when you're trying to keep away a certain bug or tell yes. me a little bit about that companion planting or trap planting companion planting is saying that um these plants together like right now at the church garden we have swiss chard and marigolds growing together because mm -hmm. they have a good relationship think about your personal life you know, how fair is it for you to plant one thing and that's just that one thing you plant? How lonely is this life? It's right. not just the plant, it's life. 
and therefore it doesn't have anybody to communicate with. It doesn't have anybody to laugh with. It doesn't have anybody to share anything with. Plants will share nutrients if they are in the same situation. If really? one plant is unable to gather the nutrients needed, it can communicate to its companion, and that companion can transfer this wow. uh, these nutrients. When I go harvest off of one plant, don't think that this plant has not told the rest of them. Here she comes, y'all. <laughs> they, when animals come through and, you know, destroy or hurt and harm, they put up defense mechanisms. When plants are not getting the water that they need, they send out stress signals that attract the um, pests that we don't want. Really? Yes. So they, they communicate out here. Um, so you just, just knowing that. Um, and then a lot of times a trap plant is, you know, something like, okay, I don't really like, let's say, mint, um, but this mint will uh, deter rodents. Uh-huh. So I'm going to plant it all on the exterior of my house. I really don't, you know, care for it. I really don't eat it. But this is why I'm planting it. I want it to trap, you know, this insect or this. Uh, and even lemongrass is a deer deterrent up north. Oh, wow. If you are, uh, your, your trees or something is bothering you, you know, deer is the, the culprit, plants a lot of lemongrass and it grows easy and it will deter and push away the uh, deer. So wow. it's it very, awesome. yes, it is. And then even, um, when I was in Cuba, they had dry toilets, which is not the most sexy thing to talk about. Right. However, they understood that by taking the uh, buckets away from the dry toilet and actually putting them on the exterior of the property, that they were setting a- another barrier for other animals to stay away from the farm. Wow. Well, that's so, interesting. Very, very deterrent. But uh, companion planting... Um, like it's, they, they call it like the sister plants, um, squash, uh, beans and corn, you Uh know, they all have something that the other one needs. Wow. Planting these things together is like you and your girlfriends getting together and getting recharged, checking each other, you know, just making sure checking in, checking each other, um, and suggesting things. If you don't have a cup of sugar, girl, I got you. You need a few dollars, I got you. This is how plants work as well. Wow. So it's really its own community. Yes. And and everything in nature communicates in one form or another with with each other. And I think that's why we're so out of tune because we just don't even understand that we are in, like you said, we're in this ecosystem. We're We're in a place where all the dots are connected. Yes. And we've disconnected ourselves from, you know, the source of life and love and plants and all this. So I think this is, this is a fabulous conversation. I really hope our listeners are tuning in so we can rethink, you know, how we connect back to the earth. Now, you know, I am not a dirt person. Yes. <laughs> but I love the garden. This makes yes. no sense, does it? <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I get it. <laughs> well, I remember... Uh, always working in the garden with my parents. And, you know, back then, of course, as a kid, you loved to be in the dirt. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back to that because I think I was healthier then, just like you were saying that you became healthier just working in the dirt. So this is just really, really awesome. So you are in such great shape. 
And because you work in the garden all the time, do you have any exercise regimen or is that your exercise regimen? Um, actually, that is, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, I honestly love, I truly adore what it is I'm doing for a living. And so I try to make my best of it. I sometimes, you know, when volunteers or helpers come about, they're like, oh, you can just do this and it's easier. And I go along with it and I'm like, okay, thank you. You know, I'm being polite, but <laughs> I just want people to understand that I'm not always trying to take the, the easier road because I do want the fitness. Right. Because I know that I know that I could have brought all of these things to the garden at this one time, but I've been over here holding my core for I don't know how long and breathing at the same time while I'm right. listening to whoever, you know, is working with me. And right. then, you know, now it's time to, for me to release, shake it off. My thighs are, you know, tight. I'm squatting for a reason at this particular time. I'm bending over because I'm stretching. Right. Um, I have my shoes off in the morning and in the evening on purpose because I want to receive the vibration. Right. I make sure to, you know, uh, have my hat off. And, you know, I'm extremely bare by head because I want to activate my vitamin D at 3 o'clock or 3.30 when the sun is at its peak. Right. So I have these reasons why I go through my day the way I do. And it looks to some people as if, you know, I'm working harder, not smarter. <laughs> but uh -huh. the goal is um, for me to actually get this workout in because I don't desire to go to a gym in a facility with right. artificial lights and right. use machinery that I'm never going to re replicate these movements again. Right, right. Right. Now, that's a really good point. And particularly now, since a lot of these places aren't the safest, but the yes. safest place is outside. Yes. So I think that is really awesome. Well, that's good because um, I think if, if people just know their bodies and know what they can do and it doesn't have to be expensive, but you got to move, you got to reconnect to the earth. So I think what you're doing is fabulous. You look the part. And as we know, in our in our environment when we're trying to share with other people, you know, they look at us and say, Okay, do they really do what they're saying? And I I I'm really very fortunate that a lot of people have said to me, Okay, you look like you're doing what you're telling me to do. Okay, I'll do it. Right. So, and that is so key. I cannot pay it I can't listen to you trying to tell me what to eat and you can't breathe. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is, right. that is a pet peeve of mine. I hear you there. Yeah, because I think a lot of times people just shut down because they have an expectation in their heads. And, of course, expectations aren't always the best, but still you want to have something you're looking at. You want the message to be consistent to what is being said, to what you're seeing. <laughs> so, yes. I think it's really, really great. Now, one last thing I want to ask you about. Do you think that food insecurity is a bigger issue now than it's been, say, in the last 10 years? I say no. I don't think that food, food – I don't think that there's been any insecurities at all. I think it's the delegation of our food – our food system and the delegation. The distribution um, of yeah, where distribution. it goes? Yes, yes ma'am. Uh -huh. That yes, is the word. It's there. Yeah, because I was talking to a gentleman uh, who helped start the Harvest Project, and he said, 
We don't have a problem with food in this country. We have a distribution problem with food in this country. Yes. So I think our gardens can fill those gaps. Do you believe in that? I believe that it could. Um, I don't. I, I believe that it can in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here in Dallas, I, I'm very, uh, people will starve. They will go hungry. Wow. And I don't think that's the same up, up north. I think that there's a common belief and right that there is supposed to be natural, local, organic produce available for whoever wants it and not in the manner that you're having to give it away. This is medicine. Food is medicine. If you're right. giving something away, I hope you're giving the processed stuff away. But I hope you're not uh, just giving natural and organic medicine away mm-hmm. because that does not make us sustainable. This is, um, there was one sign that I read at D-Town Farms. Brother Malik did a tour for me. And uh-huh. um, it says uh, the, first, the first culture is agriculture. Right, right. That's so true. if we are not growing around, you know, if, if life is not around us and concrete is, you are subject to the grocery store. You are slave to the restaurant. You are mm-hmm. not going to be self And then um, even at my, my HOA and my homeowners association uh, situation, they don't, they, they're not too open with you growing. Really? I can't do rainwater catchment off of my patio roof there, so they say. Wow. Really? Really. Mm. And that's so basic. Yes. Wow. So why did you say you think that the gardens in Detroit can fill in the gaps but not here? They are all within the neighborhood. I, when I was there just on my two-day tour, I don't know how many local people I've seen walk over to the garden, speak uh-huh. to everybody, and go get what they need. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I love that sense of community there. And uh, the next time you go, if you can go before the weather really gets cold and go to Eastern Market, that is just a cultural experience. And I can't tell you how many Saturdays my mother would make me go. And I'm (laughs) so happy because it was just such a learning experience to see all these different people coming from all over to either buy or sell you know, organic, you know, flowers. They had chickens. They had, you know, uh, rabbits. It was just like, wow. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and I think these things our children need to have more more connection to because it gives you a much broader perspective of life and different people. I'm wanting to see it as well. I I really want, maybe one day we can go up there together and we can really have a good time. Right, because down here what I'm noticing is, you know, there's no bus route to this market. I'm at the Dallas Farmer's Market as we speak. Yeah. There's no bus route. There, there's nowhere to park. And when you do come, there is a shunning process if you are, you know, experiencing or needing um, food stamps or SNAP or uh, WIC or any of those programs, you're not, your, your shopping experience isn't comfortable here. Wow. Well, and it's much it's a much smaller space. I mean, it's a very yes. small market. Yes. So that's another thing. And I think it's – I understand what you're saying because the sense that I get going there, it's a more upscale experience or expectation, mm-hmm. not the cultural, 
you know, my hands on and we're connecting in an organic way. Yes, so, ma'am. yeah, that that is what I missed when I first came here. When I moved here, I was looking for that organic way of connecting with other people. So, anyway, Darcia, we just have to really teach people here a whole lot of things. And I think this conversation is the beginning, whether, you know, people are across the country, across the world, but people that are here with us, we need to let them know that there is another world and people are connecting and we just have to make sure that we are ones that promote that. So, Darcia, is there a way people can get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about what you're doing? Definitely. Um, Social media, I pretty much talk about grounding every morning, actually, at your church garden. (laughs) Yes. So, um, social media, author.darciahouston, that's author like a writer, Uh Houston. Darcia is D as in deer, A-R-C-I-E-A, Houston like the city. That's Facebook and Instagram. And then my website is www com. Wonderful. Thank you for coming back again. And the next time we come back, we're going to talk about some of our success stories with our students we're working with. So I'm really excited about things coming in the future. And for all of you that are listening today, thank you so much. Uh, please connect with me. Uh, my Facebook page is Deborah's Healing Kitchen. My website is com. You can find more information, and also you can join my community. We'll be bringing you more interesting people that have a a wealth of knowledge of health and wellness, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope you've learned something that you can share with someone else. Make sure you connect back to Mother Earth so we can all be healthier. Have a wonderful day, and thank you again for tuning in to Deborah's Healing Kitchen. broadcast frequency. Join Deborah P. Keynes here each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Jewel Network. Hosted by thejewelnetwork.com, equalmedicine.com, and deborahshealingkitchen.com. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website at www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact Miss Deborah, please send your email to Deborah P. Keynes at JUIS.education or follow us on Facebook at Deborah's Healing Kitchen. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety, nor any part of this broadcast, can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly.